Hi everybody, a very special episode for you here. You're going to hear my co-host, Kerry uh, Grail, chatting with two other podcast hosts in the City Library. This was a Culture Night event, uh, and so she's going to be chatting with Richie Loftus from The Schnug, and Andy Gaffney from Promenade, and Caroline Ribbon from the Library. She's a librarian there. She looks after it all, gets all the chat going, looks after the crowds, because it's quite a big crowd. And yeah, it's going to be fun. Good insight into the different podcasts and backgrounds. So serious stuff, there's insightful stuff, there's funny stuff, it's good stuff. Um, thanks to everybody who came last night. It was brilliant. And yeah, check out those other podcasts as well. And sit back, relax, and enjoy. introducing our panelists. So um, I'm going to start with Richard over here uh, and work my way through Kerry and Andy. So a little bit for those of you who don't know him, uh, Richard is the host of the Schnug podcast. He's a producer, editor, artist, social media coordinator and a researcher who uh, claims to hail from Castlebar in County Mayo, but we'd forgive him for that. Uh, he's lived up and down the west coast of Ireland for the past 30 odd years and he reckons he's great affinity for people and places, which obviously is contributing to his podcasting. He studied history in NUIG, now University of Galway in its various iterations. Um, and obviously with a particular focus on local Galway history. That's where uh, his idea for podcasting came from. Um, he's creating an audio primary resource, so a record of life on the West Coast. That's for people to promote themselves now, but also something that future generations can access. And uh, he lives in Canberra, so obviously has lots of art in his uh, daily life. And he lives there with his wife, his daughter, and two cats. <laughs> so, next we have Kerry. Kerry is, dare I say it, our newbie um, to podcasting. She originally hails from rural Donegal. Sorry, I said she. Okay. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, Kerry has uh, uses they, she pronouns. Yeah. Please excuse me. No, you, you can wrong. use both. They and she is perfectly fine. You can use okay. a mix, don't worry at all. Um, and uh, she moved to Galway in 2015 mm -hmm. for university, uh, writes hist uh, fiction, poetry, and cultural criticism, mm -hmm. um, and has recently launched a Substack blog, uh, currently trying out podcasting, and I think you said started in March? Yep, uh, February, March of this yep. year, so very so. new to the game, <laughs> definitely. And uh, with the wonderful quote, it would be a waste of a Donegal accent for me to steer clear of audio. Yep. We're going to come back to that later. So last, but most definitely not least, we have Andy. Uh, Andy Gaffney runs the Promenade. Um, he's Galway-based. He is an award-winning podcaster. He was named one of the top 50 talents to watch in 2023 by the Irish Times. 
He's been working in creating podcasts for about 15 years. So plenty of experience and expertise to draw from there. He's worked in radio and TV as a producer and presenter. He created the Shift Podcast Network, um, and that was to focus on creating podcasts full time. So he's done several podcasts for the network, including a Leaving Cert focused one, which is very nice, um, and Promenade, which is his primary one, um, if I may say that, uh, has received international acclaim. So The Guardian called it beautifully produced. The Irish Times said stories that will bury into your heart, which is an absolutely fabulous description. Um, and season two was launched in April of this year. So uh, Andy's clients include Galway Arts Festival, Barbaro, and various charities and organisations. So um, we're absolutely delighted to have Andy and Kerry and Richard with us tonight. So you're very welcome. And I'm going to you. interested you in podcasting? <laughs> um, so our podcast is it's a pandemic baby and uh, we were stuck at home the whole time and I was working my day-to-day -day job is in tech so I was sick of talking to people on zoom or through teams and I wanted you know I missed having real conversations with people so during the lockdown I'd be walking up and down the prom and listen to podcasts mainly um, W2ATF, it's a podcast uh, presented by Mark Marin. He's an um, uh, American stand-up. And I was just thinking, why isn't there a podcast like this for the West Coast of Ireland particularly? Something that could shine light on people from all different kinds of backgrounds, tell their story and try to uh, help them promote the kind of stuff they were interested in. So if someone has a gig coming up or you're trying to, you have an exhibition or you have a new book, or you have a restaurant, or you have a festival, you're trying to get bums on seats, um, eyes on something. I didn't know why there wasn't something like that out there uh, for people in the West Coast. Because, you know, there's stuff in Dublin, and there's stuff in Cork, and whatever. But I didn't think there was anything in particular for Galway. So that's what brought to me the idea to do it first, and also the history background. Um, studying local history, um, primary resources is your bread and butter. And I thought it would be nice to do something because you're always primary resources is, you know, newspaper clippings or something like that to could frame a time and place. So it tells you what this county or the town was like at that day, that week, that month. And I thought it would be a nice idea in 10 years, 20 years time. People could listen back and see what was going on and uh, the different people that had stuff going on. Brilliant. Pretty much. Okay, I'm going to come to Andy next, because, you know, you are the longest serving podcaster <laughs> in the bunch, and just so you feel old. Yeah, I do that anyway. So, um, what interested you first in podcasting? Um, 15 years, let me take you back to 15 years ago. The X Factor was, was still massive at the time. And I lived with a, a tech guy, really, really, just a genius when it came, when it came to tech. And stick the podcasting had been kind of kicking around. It was like the likes of Kevin Smith in America was still was was podcasting, and Ricky Gervais was starting to put out a podcast. I think he got they won a record for like 
the most popular podcast in the world because there was no one. There was literally no one, <laughs> no one else. And so, but like, because like, just no one knew what it was, and you had to lean over to someone and say, "I do a podcast," and they would say, well, "What's a, what's a, what's a podcast like?" You know, and because my mate was a tech guy and I was in doing bits of broadcasting and things like that, was we thought, look, let's, instead of watching Coronation Street every evening, and we did that anyway, but we just waited at 8 o'clock to, <laughs> to do it, we started making, like, got a, got a mic, got a laptop, but there was no, you know, there was no just throwing it into a platform that was on it. You had to use code and put it up to this website and put it onto this thing, and you would get one one listener if if that but it was the absolute best crack we did it for about we did it about for a year and i don't know if anyone ever listened to that to, to that one but it just it it kind of set fire something in me which is you know a phrase i really like is that you know no one was buying me flowers so i'm going to plant my own garden that's a phrase I really like. And I was doing, you know, I was doing, I was, and it was, look, this was great as well, but I was doing hospital radio out in Donna Bate, and I was, I was going every six o'clock in the morning, I would have to go get the train on a wet day, and I'd have to walk past, because I didn't drive, so I had to do like this, to get the train, I had to do a half hour walk from where I was to, to get a train, to get another train, to get out there in time mm -hmm. to do it. And I remember one time I was walking by it, it was lashing rain, and Tuberty splashed me in his car. <laughs> and I just thought to myself, you, what, I'm doing something, I'm doing something wrong with my, with my career. Someone's doing something wrong. Well, well there's time I'll tell on that one. But, um, so, and it just was like, okay, I think this is going to be the future. I think podcasting is going to be the future. What can I do? And it just offered up this freedom that you could do anything. You could make it whatever you want to be. And it kind of came and went over the years. But eventually then it came back to me. I needed a bit of a restart after a few, you know, a few years and I needed a bit of a restart. And sure enough, I thought maybe podcasting, maybe returning to podcasting was the way to go. And, and here I am now. Talking to you. <laughs> Lovely. Okay, and Kerry. You're very, very to follow that. which is which is brilliant because it's really important to get, you know, everyone's point of view on it. And particularly as Andy has pointed out, you know, there's been a lot of change. When he started making podcasts, it was, you know, very manual and there was coding involved. And now pretty much anyone with a mic um, or even just a smartphone can create a podcast. So that, you know, has made it a lot more equitable arguably um, so as someone who's new to it what's you know what brought you to it in the first place what brought me to it in the first place is sitting in front of me <laughs> Rab um, he asked me to work on a podcast project and I was delighted I had always enjoyed the audio medium and I think as somebody who grew up you know with a lot of social media using it a lot you're always photographing yourself taking videos it's really nice to just record your voice and not have to worry about how you're being perceived mm -hmm. because your voice sounds the same all the time even if you look different <laughs> and I think it's one of those mediums where it's very equitable as you said you can have a smartphone I have in my pocket the microphone I used to record the first episode which is literally 
this size. It's from Urban Outfitters. It was 12 euro. Anyone can have a podcast. Um, but yeah, I think equipment-wise, you can feel, oh, I, you know, I don't want to start until I have all the stuff that I need. But you really don't need that. And I think that's what's nice about podcasting today, even though the market is definitely very oversaturated, which I am a part of that. <laughs> but it's, it's really accessible. It's the same way everybody is like a micro-influencer having TikTok or using Instagram. Mm -hmm. If you have something to say, there will be people that will listen. Um, and yeah, I just sort of fell into it and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, we do a lot of history and mythology and I studied history and classics in college. So it's really nice to get back into that and to flex those muscles researching again. It's been really, really nice. And we just did a series on UFO sightings in Ireland, uh, which was a lot of fun. So kind of picking things that maybe are not being discussed as much or maybe sound a bit mad. That's been a lot of fun as well, because the podcasts I'm listening to are often very political or very serious. And it's kind of nice to have something that is just two friends chatting about their latest conspiracy theory, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> And it's really fun and it's really relaxing and I've had friends say that when they listen to it it just sounds like they're hanging out with me. And that's exactly what I want to be doing. I just want to create something you can have on in the background casually when you're, you know, cleaning the house or driving somewhere. Something that can just help you pass the time. Thank you. So I guess as podcast host, um, and Kerry's touched on it, like you obviously get to deal with a lot of very diverse stories, you meet a lot of diverse people, um, but part of that requires the skill to get people to talk, which, you know, some people are very comfortable talking, some people have great stories, but aren't necessarily quite as loquacious as you might like. So what are some methods that you kind of use to draw people out? And I'm gonna start with Richard again. Uh, do your research. Um, most people like talking about themselves, so if you have a point of reference and know a story about themselves, um, you know, they might be surprised. A lot of information, especially people that are trying to get their work out there or whatever like that, there's, you know, they have Instagram posts or they have maybe an article written about them or maybe they've done an interview or something, and if you can pick something from, you know, a couple of years back, they'll be, like, surprised. So they appreciate the fact that you've done your due diligence, um, yeah, research, you know, you, you want to be filling up, you don't want dead air, and you'll be like, you don't want to be, invite someone on to some musicians, you're like, oh, you play music, do you, uh, right, great, you know, <laughs> you want to be able to, you know, point to where they've played, uh, who they've played with, do you, do you have upcoming gigs, uh, what was the last album like, who produced it, what, where, what are their influences, so you want to be making them feel comfortable, and also be able to um, point to their own body of work. Kerry, I'm going to come back to the UFOs because really, I mean, <laughs> that, that, that's, a, that's a rather fascinating idea to start with. Did you actually, you know, did you just talk about it between yourselves or was it no, a we, case of going out and... Uh, well, we weren't exactly, you know, scanning the skies, yeah. but um, <laughs> we were looking into like uh, reports from the PSNI in Northern Ireland. We had one where a man you know, rang the PSNI and said he was waiting for a UFO to land in his garden. <laughs> so there are people who report these things. So the, you know, the um, information on people reporting these things that they might have seen or news articles, you know, with people's pictures and that kind of thing. We had, um, we had a whole section on UFO sightings by three different pilots in 2018. 
um, and they all reported it to Shannon Airport and we actually played some audio of that in the podcast which was really interesting and then the other side of it was the medieval sightings of UFOs and the fact that you know there's people hundreds of years ago who were reporting similar things and it's just trying to find a, like a thread tying it all together pretty much I think that's what's fun about researching conspiracy theories is you're trying to make a coherent narrative out of 20 crazy people's ravings which is very challenging but very fun <laughs> lovely thanks Kerry and Andy when you're trying to get people to to talk to you um, do you have a particular approach that you take and you don't have to by the way if you, if you don't feel comfortable answering that you, if that's like a trade secret um, I should I should have prefaced that shouldn't I <laughs> but um, you know when you're when you're approaching people to come to your podcast and um, come and talk to you you know what kind of do you just kind of go oh that's something interesting I'd like to follow up with that person or do you when you're plan when you're going after them for the initially yeah when you've initially decided I want to do a podcast on X topic but that's you know that is that is kind of tr that is tricky that is something uh, tricky and if it's you're kind of dealing with you know you're sending it you're sending a lot of letters that are not going to be replied to you know you're sending you're going into people's DMs you can't do that anymore apparently because <laughs> way X is and all that stuff not maybe in the name of prices. but you know you're sending things to agents and all this stuff and you're you're just not hearing me back and you can just get so defeated you just get like I for Promenade season two I knew I wanted a I really really wanted and this is a bizarre one this is kind of one that paid off is that for Promenade season two I wanted I wanted someone who had lived through World War Two mm -hmm. and the point of Promenade is that it's one voice telling a story for about nine minutes so it is also to tell someone like look I really love you to talk but I only want you to talk for nine minutes by the way but it's I, I felt this, um, Peter Pally was his name, this beautiful story about how he had this piece of music, uh, Claire de Lune, that was a kind of a companion while his family were taken, you know, while he was in hiding, his family were taken into camps and he was being hid by a person that he just would hear Claire de Lune being played and that was his thought that everything would be okay and that's been with him his entire, that's been with him his entire life. And so I just knew I, that was perfect for Promenade because it's all about music and it's all about things that bring you back to a, a memory. So I knew I needed to have him, but he didn't have, a, he didn't have an agent. He didn't have, a, he didn't have a Facebook. He didn't have an Instagram. But the man is, he was, is 87. So, and I, I don't know if this was a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. But I, I just emailed I need to get away from email address then. <laughs> I, I took a no guess. No doxing anyone. I took, a, I took a guess what his email might be. And I said to him, look, I don't know if this is you. And I had a list of what his, I said his full name and everything, that's terrible. This, you, this, this could be this person, it could be this person, it could be this person. But if you happen to be the gentleman who lived through this, I do this podcast and it had, you know, we, you know, you try to channel it a little bit, you throw in the few awards and you throw in all that kind of jazz to try to get them on side a little bit. And I said to him, would, if you are this person, would you like to do this? 
And if you're not, I'm so, so sorry. If you have a story, do you want to come tell me? Because, <laughs> uh, you know, you always turn two jobs into one job. Like, that's, just how, that's just how it works. And sure enough, he replied the next day and was like, hi, Andy. Yeah, I'm up for that. And we, we recorded his, his story. But, like, that was a rare time of, like, I cannot believe there was some magic in there. There was, there was those UFOs from the north that were helping me align this because normally you're... You, there's a lot of being told, absolutely no, absolutely no, absolutely no. Like, you know, it's, it's grand for Promenade because it's, we do it in series and it takes a long time to do it. So you can kind of line people up a little bit maybe and have someone for season three that you want for this. But there's a lot of, there is so much disappointment as well, where you just, you really, really want someone and you get told no and you just kind of have to go, I'm just going to randomly email someone and hope that they get back to me. Oh, okay. so. Well, that's going to make me actually skip to my next question, which is, if you could interview absolutely anybody, right, in time and space and wherever, who would you pick to interview? And they would actually show up and do it for your, your podcast. Well, I, I have a thing called the Berginger List, which is named after Matt Berginger from the band The National. And because I took a lot of, because Promenade is meant to play like an album, where there's like tracks and there's like just, there's kind of like, there's a score behind it and one little track might bleed into another and be called, mm -hmm. and I kind of nicked that from the band The National a lot. So, and because of the short stories, I think musicians are really, really good, songwriters are really, really good for Promenade. So I would, I've, I've named the list of people I would really, really love to be on at the Berginger list after Matt Berginger. And, this might be the closest fair I'm ever going to get, but I was at the National last night in the point in Dublin, and he jumped into the crowd, <laughs> and I could see his mic cable, and I was like, he's probably going to come back here, isn't he? And he ploughed into me, and I was saying, this probably isn't the time to ask him, do you want to do <laughs> You have work to do, you've got to go back on stage. But that's, so that was, that, was, that was nice, that might be the closest I'm ever going to get to the the thing, but yeah, Matt Bershinger of the, but Cameron Crowe as well, the filmmaker Cameron Crowe of, of Almost Famous. <laughs> There's a lot, there was a, definitely a lot of people that I would, that I would really, really like. But, Lovely. Yeah. Okay, Kerry, how about you? Anyone, I'm, time and space. I feel like it's cliche now to just say an alien, to be honest. <laughs> an alien, a ghost. Um, Granny Whale. Ooh, I nice think, choice. yeah, I'm kind of working on some stuff about her at the moment and I really would love to have had the chance to speak to her. Yeah, I think that's probably my answer. I know it's very short and succinct, but yeah, I know I need to get better at talking longer. <laughs> you have to do a lot of research on her, though. There's yeah, a lot, there's, there's a lot. Yeah, there really is. Yeah, so I think she she'd be a really interesting person to unpack for a series or something like that. Oh, absolutely. And then you know, all the Americans would be able to pronounce her name. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Help. <laughs> Sorry, apologies if there's any Americans in the audience, but <laughs> this one comes up quite a lot. Um, Richard, how about you? Um, time and space, Jesus. Um, <laughs> I know my co-host, Blavin, um, his number one would be Joe Bosk. I don't know if people know Joe Bosk. He's um, a painter from the west coast of Ireland. He would have done a lot of the paintings for the uh, Galway Arts Festival. Um, Lavin's actually out at the Clifton Arts Festival now tried to track him down <laughs> so hopefully his hunt's going going to plan um for myself <coughs> Jeez. um Dermot Morgan maybe was one um he was 
on top of being you know, hilarious, wherever he was um, insightful for his from political commentary as well. So I think he had a, a fair idea of what the country was about, really. Um, Mary Robinson, I think she's someone um, well respected across the spectrum in Ireland, and her voice is um, sadly missed in modern Ireland at the moment. And uh, she's a proud male woman. And uh, yeah, Kieran McDonald. Male footballer, why not? One more. <laughs> 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 Very nice. So, um, Kerry, I'm going to come back to you because uh, I, I did say I would, but you did mention it would be a waste of a Donegal accent for me to steer clear of audio. So, how, you know, what advice would you give aspiring podcasters about their accent? Because it's something I know in broadcasting, you know, historically, there was sort of the uh, the D4 accent, and that was the standard. Um, and it has changed, and obviously in podcasting, you've got a lot more flexibility around that. But, um, you know, what advice would you give someone who's starting off uh, if they have a particularly strong accent or they have concerns about mm. their accent? I would say lean into it, to be honest, because I've noticed personally ever since Dairy Girls, like, blew up sort of and became... Well, terrible language uh, ever since Dairy Girls became <laughs> I knew I would say something um, ever since Dairy Girls became a show that was very well renowned worldwide that's a better way of saying it um, people are more willing to watch stuff with closed captioning I've had friends international American um, you know from all different places who would watch shows like that and think I don't know what they're saying and it's not even a strong accent, really, when you watch Sherry Girls, in my opinion. So the fact that people were watching it with closed captioning really helps. And with Spotify as well, you can add that to your podcasts the same way you can get song lyrics. So I would say lean into it. It's not someone's fault that they have a strong accent. And I personally love listening to strong accents. I love Rab's accent. It's fantastic. The Glasgow accent is great. Um, and I think the fact that we have my accent and his on the same podcast really brings like a nice dichotomy to it as well because we do sound very different and I think just lean into it you know if if somebody doesn't want to listen to an Irish podcast because the person has an Irish accent <laughs> that's something they need to unpack themselves to be honest lovely <laughs> I think that's a very fair point and some good good advice about that um, and it is nice to see that things are changing um on that and I think you know even on traditional radio and television we can hear that as well um, one I suppose coming back more to the, the content of all of your podcasts so the west of Ireland has a reputation for storytelling for music for sort of being a magical place so um, how do you think your podcasts support this and Richard I'm going to start with you thanks for starting with me um... <laughs> How do we support it? I suppose we give people a platform. Um, sometimes they're not aware that they need a platform until they get the direct message I should be sending them. Um, <laughs> pops into the, the DMs. But um, yeah, people, we started, we recorded last year, so we're only toddlers, you know. We're only, you know, we'll be our first anniversary next year. We're recording season two uh, at the moment, like. Um, but people are very grateful 
just to get any kind of, you know, because sometimes, you know, the newspapers aren't picking them up or local radio isn't doing it either, you know, and everybody's trying to promote themselves by, via social media. But um, that can be um, very fickle as well. And uh, even, you know, people that we've interviewed and stuff, um, it's all based off the algorithm. So if you're not doing the right thing or you don't write the right hashtag or, you know, people do a lot through, you know, Twitter or Instagram and stuff like that, but that's all changed from still images now to, to real. So it depends on what kind of stuff you're trying to put out there. So um, if you can uh, put out a helping hand and you'll know, try and give someone a bit more exposure, uh, why wouldn't you? So, you know, that's kind of the, the business that we're in at the minute. And, you know, by promoting them, they promote us. And, you know, we have been lucky with the fact that we've got a lot of very sound people and you know people have invited us to their shows and to their exhibitions and to their festivals and stuff like that and it's a great way to meet people especially after lockdown and you know you were sick of just looking at the, the four walls and then you can go out and meet people and research their background and get you know more interest that you weren't aware of before so that's what they showed us try and help people Andy, how about you? How do you think podcasting supports or promotes the West of Ireland? Well, I think with the case of say Promenade, Promenade is is all about is all about storytelling. It is it is it is an each episode is like like I said like a nine minute a nine minute story. And when I was you know that was that entire podcast was born because of the West of Ireland. And I was born. Guess why it's called Promenade? Was because I was knocking up and down. I was knocking up and down the Promenade during during lockdown, thinking like, what can I do? And this is a lovely, this is a lovely name for something as well. And you know, I needed to kind of keep busy, and it kind of had changed over what the initial idea idea was. But the reason, like, and how because storytelling is such a big thing in the West, especially Galway. I, whenever anyone asks me, Do you, should I move to Galway? I say, absolutely yes, because Galway gives people a chance more than, whatever you want to do, Galway will give you a chance. They'll give you maybe one chance, but they will give you a chance where other places, places wouldn't. And there were so many of the first, that first series, I think we maybe had like four people, because it's meant to be worldwide, you know, and try to keep a, a limit on the, the the uh, repeating of this, but I think that f in that first series with four people from from Galway on it, because they got the idea of it and they got storytelling and it was just this nice thing and uh, Mr. Rab Fulton was in that first series. Me and him met in Barna Woods on a wet day and we set up a mic and he told me this lovely wee wee story and that became that became track eight of season one of 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 promenade and I hope I, I, I don't know if it promotes the West but I think I hope that because it was water teams as well and they used a lot of water and, and, and things like that that I hope people do think of Galway when they hear promenade and I hope maybe they kind of live side by side with it but I think it it celebrates storytelling and I think that's what kind of Galway in the West and is is great for you know and Kerry I, 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 I'm 
still stuck on the UFOs. <laughs> because to me, that's actually exploding everything that everyone expects of the West of Ireland. Because, you know, it's, we're still very much seen as sort of, you know, traditional mm. country cottages and all of this. And all of a sudden we've got podcasts talking about ghosts and UFOs and various conspiracy theories. Um, so how do you feel you're breaking the mold? That's a really good question because I nearly feel like it's so typical to have people in rural Ireland being superstitious. I feel like it's actually so obvious. Like there are so many, um, you know, older people who would talk about the fairies and things like that. And although maybe UFOs is slightly breaking the mold, I think the fact that Irish people are naturally superstitious. Like if I see a magpie, I am waving. <laughs> Always. And I've spread that to too many people. Like I, I'm so superstitious and I know so many people are. And I think, you know, talking about stories that maybe aren't touched upon as much, we've done like medieval LGBTQ stories and stories about the skulls that were taken from Inish Boffin from Trinity College right before that sort of all kicked off with the news as well um talk, touching on lesser talked about parts of irish history that aren't always pleasant is something that we've been doing a lot of as well and although it's not necessarily promoting the west i think it's important to be aware of the fact that not all of the history is you know pleasant and the irish people are not always the victims in it we did a series on the practice of human zoos and how Irish people, yep, and how Irish people were instrumental in the setting up of the slave trade. So there are some things as well that are definitely unsavoury that we have dug into, and I think it's important to be aware of. You know, there is magic, and the West is beautiful, but there are also things that people don't want to necessarily dwell on because it makes them uncomfortable. But I think it's really important to look at those things alongside all of the good, because no place is... You know, the, the Ireland that exists in like wild mountain time does not exist and has never existed. And I think it's really important to be aware of that when you're living, you know, in a city like Galway, where that is so romanticized by, you know, people all over the world. Thank you. So between the three of you, then obviously you've got a very diverse range of content. But um, can I ask each of you, um, which of your stories or podcast episodes do you think resonated most with your audience? And Andy, I'll start with you. Um, apart from Rab's one, um, which was brilliant, I didn't want you to listen, listen to. The, I'm kind of, you know, just, I'd be lucky enough to speak to some great stories, even on the grand, the one about the, about the leaving sort, we get people in and we throw them leaving sort questions. You get some great stories that we had, we had someone who, who had, ran away from Syria to get away from a marriage. That was a really, you know, you're not expecting, when you start making a, a funny podcast, you know, you're not expecting to get to hear that story. And then I've been really lucky with Problem That because it is all about, it, it really is all about the, the, the stories. But I think the one that changed everything was season one, kind of track one. And that was Shiv. And it's all about a story about internet dating. And it has this heartbreaking twist at the end of it. And just that one, everyone seemed to just, you know, that that really hooked people, and it got what the idea was about, and you know, it was there was people arguing about it on news talk one day, you know, saying was it was it real or was it genuine and all this stuff, and you know, and it's just and Shiv is a great great Shiv Hickey, she's a poet as well, she's a fantastic storyteller, and she just got the idea of it, 
and it just went, okay, this is the show I want to make. This is now what I want to do. And so that is the story I think people keep coming back to. People keep, you know, I think will always be associated with Promenade. It's, it's a story of, of, of Shiv and her internet romance with a genuinely heartbreaking twist at the end. Okay. Richard. Uh, I'm probably on the spot now because I have two yes. former guests in the crowd here. So Rab was on. Um, okay, excluding <laughs> any former guests that happen to be in the audience. Uh, shout out to Jimmy McDonald there for both. Um, who did two great episodes. Um, two stick out in my mind. Um, we had uh, Ukrainian artist Marticia C. She was uh, one of the guests later on in season two. And uh, She'd only been here a couple of months, you know? So the stories that she told were fairly raw. You know, and she was living that with that day to day because if you follow her on Instagram and stuff like that, you know, she's putting up posts about stuff happening in her city and you know, she's telling me about stories that people that she's lost already, like, you know. Um so that was pretty um that was pretty uh, tough interview to do and a pretty um heart wrenching story. Um but then when the the first proper episode we did as well was um, uh, with a guy called Eamon Healy and he was um, he works for Ancestry and one of the stories he told was about uh, this woman that was in her eighties and she was where so if I can put the story together in my head now. Um, so ancestry, you know, you're trying to find relatives, basically. That's what their bread and butter is. Uh, he's a genealogist by trade, um, but he was brought, this case was brought to him and go, um, this is this 80-year-old woman, and uh, she'd like to find a picture of her parents. Um, the woman, uh, she was adopted. So she had uh, no... You know, they had no birth certs or anything like that they, they could track back and try and find her. So they were going through back through blood samples and stuff like that. Um, and he got this about a month before Christmas and he was like, oh, we need to find it soon. And he was just like, well, you know, it's going to be my Christmas holidays in a month's time. I'm not going to be able to get it done. And they were like, oh, we really need to get it done. He was like, why? And she was like, well, um, she has cataracts, advanced cataracts. So if you don't get it for her soon, she's going to lose her sight and she's not going to be able to see these photographs. So Eamon killed himself for a month trying to track this down. He found, eventually he did and um, got the photograph, not of the parents together, unfortunately, but two separate photographs, um, sent it on and then got an email back then when he got back from his Christmas holidays from the daughter that saying that... Uh, she got the photograph before her sight went and then like uh, a few days later she died and she was kind of hanging on, hanging on until she could get the photograph and that was episode one we were like okay well you know <laughs> we've something we've done something we, we, we're doing something yeah. here so yeah fabulous Carrie. oh my god i'm gonna cry <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful um i think for us the episode the series rather we did on the skulls from Inishbofin mm -hmm. that was sort of the first big project we undertook and it just so happened to coincide with the time when it was really 
there were a lot of articles being published about it and it was really in the news and so many people I knew were emailing me about it because they knew I was researching it, including my mother, uh, which was very helpful. <laughs> she was great. She used to be credited. Um, but yeah, it was it was really interesting discussing the ethics of anthropology and the fact that, you know, those things had been... For anyone who doesn't know, there were skulls on Inishbofin that were taken by um, anthropologists at Trinity College Dublin and then they were stored there. Um, and the islanders had been campaigning for their return and interment then obviously because um, it's their ancestors and they want them to be you know buried respected. because respected exactly because it was essentially desecration is what happened and it was really seen as like oh it's a great scientific discovery and you know it's trinity should be keeping these things on file and it's very important and looking at it if it was your relations, if it was their body, how would you feel? And I think that was really interesting and that resonated with a lot of people because it's very easy to see something on the news and go, ah, yeah, but you know that's happening you know, on one of the islands, that has nothing to do with me. But then when you realise, oh, the fact that it's happening on the islands, people can trace it back. They know, you know, they know either who the people are or they know who they were related to and it's actually a lot closer to, to home than people would think. So that was... That was a series that was very intense, but it was it was well worth doing, I think, and it was an important topic to explore. Very much so. Very, very much so. Thank you. I'm going to come back to a comment that was made earlier about algorithms and the influence that that has, um, because I suppose one of the, the best things about podcasting is that you're reaching out to an audience who are interested in your topic. But is that also part of the challenge of podcasting? Because the people that you're reaching tend to be people who are already maybe interested in the topics that you're covering. Um, you know, where do you think podcasting sits in the information stratosphere? Um, you know, I'll start with you, Kerry. Yeah, Once absolutely. Again. That's a really great question. I think. It depends on the type of podcast. A lot of the podcasts that I listen to personally are very chatty and very parasocial and you're listening to them because you enjoy listening to the hosts have their chats or like give you an update on their life, that kind of thing. One that comes to mind is a podcast called Bitchopia. It's two girls living in LA. One of them is a singer, one of them is a PhD student. I know a lot about their lives by listening to this podcast. And they also do, you know, discuss topics and politics and things like that. But you're listening to it because you enjoy their rapport. And there are podcasts like that. And then there are also podcasts where it's somebody listening to something very specific because they're interested in that topic. And I think it's hard to find your niche if you're not sure if you're essentially a personality hire or if you're actually an expert in the field. And I think that's what we're trying to do a little bit of both. Um, yeah, it's a tough question to answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that was very good. Richard? Um, yeah, see, we are, we're region specific. You know, because oh, we're based on the west coast of Ireland. It's about the west coast of Ireland. So sometimes it's hard to get uh, listeners in from um, outside Ireland. But we have had, you know, listeners from South America, from Australia, from New Zealand, from Israel, from Africa. Um, so, you know, people come across it by hook or by crook. I don't know how that happens. But, like, uh, if, if you're putting effort in and 
I'd say one thing that's in our benefit, and as one thing that uh, someone remarked to me when we started off first, that uh, our, our audio quality was good. So when they turned it on for the first time, it was an enjoyable audio experience. And if you're in competition with uh, lots of, in, like competition's a strong word, but you know, if unfortunately these algorithms are based on listens and likes and all this kind of stuff. So if uh, someone's listening turn on your podcast and they're not enjoying the audio experience, mm -hmm. there's a good chance they might turn you off. So I would recommend people to invest in their equipment. Um, so that helps. That's your mm -hmm. foot in the door or ear in the window or whatever way you want to put it. Like, you yeah. know. But um, yeah, yeah, you know. That's a, that's a very good point because reaching your audience is kind of a critical part of your podcasting. Um, so, you know, Andy, if I can take it over to you, you know, how do you get the message out about your podcast? Like, what have you found works well to promote it? It's, it's really tough. It is so, so, so tough. And again, not to make podcasts sound miserable at that, but it can be, you can just get, you can get really down. You can just get really kind of rejected to say, you know, you put something out and you get zero retweets or you get zero thing or whatever. And you talk, and like, because I, I, I find that, especially with podcasts, especially because there's so many podcasts right now, is that someone will have their set podcasts. Because we only have so many hours yes. in the day. But someone will have, I listen to this podcast of a Monday. Mm -hmm. I listen to this podcast of a Wednesday when I'm in the gym. I listen to this podcast of a Friday. And it doesn't matter if you're the person's son or whatever. They're not listening to your podcast. So it is very hard to interrupt someone's kind of uh, routine because they love... They, they love what they, what, they, what they love. So it is... It is, it is it's the name of the game is to get people to listen to you, and it is, it is quite, quite, uh, it is quite tricky. And it, it, you know, my tips to if anyone was kind of was kind of if anyone was kind of like starting out, is get other podcasters on your. If it's a guest based mm -hmm. podcast, get other podcasts on because they're going to be talking about the podcast and they're going to share it and they'll share it to their audiences and all this kind of stuff, you know. But it is, it's a tough, tough thing to do to get in someone's ears, mm -hmm. you know? And to, hopefully that they listen, they like it. Like I've been, I've been blessed and I've been, I've been lucky enough with, with, with Promenade that a few reviewers just came on it and heard it. And so that's always going to be fantastic. That's always going to be, be great. But you're still, you're still not going to get the numbers of my therapist goes with me. <laughs> and that's fine, you know? But it's a tough, it is, it is so, it is, it is really, really tough to, to get a hook into people and to get them to change their routine and to make space for you. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Richard, you made a good point about the, you know, the importance of the audio quality of your podcast. Um, and Andy, you've made a recommendation around, you know, getting other podcasters on to try and get your numbers up. Carrie, is there any tip you'd give aspiring podcasters uh, in terms of reaching an audience? Be shameless, <laughs> I would say, is the big thing, genuinely. I, you know, I have business cards that I got and I will go up to groups of people on nights out and say, you look like you listen to podcasts. You should listen to my podcast. Here's my card. 
Give me your phone. I'm going to open it up on Spotify right now. You have to just back yourself and be shameless. And you can kind of get away with it if you are a bit cheeky with it. I feel like that's something you can do. Um, Guerrilla marketing. I have stickers. They're going up on a lamppost. They're going on the back of doors. All that kind of thing. QR codes. Um, asking friends with big social media followings. Hey, can you put this on your story? Like... It's embarrassing doing that for like five seconds and then it works and you're like, oh, I'm going to keep doing this because it's actually helpful. Um, yeah, just just taking it not too seriously, being a bit silly. I feel like you just have to be like, well, if I don't tell people to listen to it, then they're not going to listen to it. You have to be your own marketing team, essentially. So that's been pretty fun. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm going to open it up to the audience now a little bit. So does anyone have any questions for any of our podcasters? How does sponsorship work for you guys? Do you go around to businesses asking for advertising space for them? How does the money work in that sense? I've been lucky enough that the... I do a lot of producing, so that's been kind of it's been kind of advertising the production work. So, you know, you kind of if you when you throw out something, uh, it gets a bit of attention. Like you go, like, well, look, I make stuff like that, and that's when you know a client might phone you up and go, you make stuff for us. So that's been a nice kind of extra lifeline. That's been kind of like been able to use the skills with the sponsorship thing. It is, it is again, it's really 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 tricky the numbers that you have to be hitting to get a phone call is is insane like 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 the thing with problem that is is the biggest thing i'm ever going to do and it's completely unadvertisable because it's like it's short you can't it's the stories so i've just i'm i'm taking every single way that the one thing that's working i've made it completely <laughs> impossible for anyone to want to sponsor but the uh, but I think things are, and maybe this is kind of a uh, one of those state secrets things, mm -hmm. but I know someone who is working on the thing at the moment, which I think is going to change sponsorship for podcasting at the moment. It's called Outcaster. And I don't want to get anyone in trouble if I mention it to anyone, but it's called Outcaster. And I think that's, that's something to keep an eye on. And that's going to, that's going to make it, I think, easier for the podcast creator to make a little bit of a living where you can't rely on you're relying on your listeners to back you more than hoping that you know, I don't know who sponsors Pepsi or something like that my, my phone or whatever so and whenever I because I produce a lot of I produce a lot of podcasts for people and people will and it's fantastic and it's great but people will go into a podcast they'll set up a podcast and they'll go like, right, we've got these nine guests sorted out, it's going to be fantastic, and all this stuff. And, oh, geez, it'd be great now when we get this, we'll get a bit of cash. Like, and it's horrible, but just lower your expectations <laughs> a little bit, because it is, it, is, it is tricky. Live shows, things like that, that's where you might get a few quid. But sponsorship is tricky. Thanks, Andy. To either of our other we're a passion project right now we're not we're not making very much money from this but um that's that's how you have to start and we have a patreon 
which is great and people can subscribe to that for bonus content stuff like that um but yeah um it's right now we're not in a place of sponsorships because you do need to be hitting such big numbers and because we are such a new podcast we're just not there yet so i really don't have an answer unfortunately i'd love to know love to talk to you more about it after this um but yeah it's it's tough because as i said earlier like the market is so oversaturated with influencers youtubers instagrammers tiktokers you can monetize your personality now which means that anyone is eligible for sponsorship in some way if you are willing to put yourself out there so I think it's a lot harder to get sponsorships than it was 10 years ago, definitely. Unfortunately. Great. <laughs> I think this is awesome. Yes, um, getting started, what was the hardest thing of trying to get started and what was your mindset when you decided that you want to start a podcast and the name of what you wanted to be called in the podcast? The name for me was really easy because Rab's storytelling is called Celtic Tales Galway. So it was essentially a springboard off that of Celtic Tales Chronicles. That's what podcast name is. And getting started, it's embarrassing to put yourself out there. And you just have to be okay with that. And as someone who writes fiction and you know publishes essays and stuff like that, I'm okay doing that now. I would not have started a podcast five years ago. I would have been way too embarrassed to talk and have my opinions recorded and have people like talk to me about it afterwards. But you just have to come to terms with the fact that if this is something you want to be doing, if you want to be producing creative stuff, people are going to judge it and that's okay. I would say. Thank you. Thank you. Richard, did you want to? Uh, name. Um... Jeez, what did we start with our name? Originally was the Long Walk podcast because the Long Walk, Galway centred. Uh, someone had taken that. And that was a podcast about someone going hiking. Then <laughs> 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 uh, it was, geez, it was a few iterations and different things. And we'd actually recorded one or two of the episodes at the start with a different name and then after being chopped out, put back in. Then we went with the Snug. And then there was another episode podcast called The Snug, so that's why we are S-H-N-U-N-G instead of S-U-N-G. Um, but um, podcasts come and go, and if you're still present and you still have the name, you don't have anything to worry about. And people aren't going to make it, take you to court because uh, obviously none of us have any money. So, um, <laughs> you know, pick something that you like, and people, that's something that, you know, people might remember. It's a pain in the arse for me for, to remind, rem, remind everyone, you know, it's a S-H-N-U-N-G, but uh, people in the West of Ireland speak like that sometimes. So, you know, it's fine. It works. Good. Any other questions? Yeah, Jeff. I'm just wondering, uh, I know very little bit, <coughs> very little about, about podcasting, but, and I've never seen you guys before in my life. I'm wondering, how did that happen? Like, Because I spent a lot of time on the TV and on the phone and on uh, different things, different. I never, never heard of you before. And I'm wondering, like, how do you get your name out there? Like, how do you find me, like? <laughs> <laughs> things like this, events yeah. like this. Yeah. Yeah, I would say. And is it, is it a title or a name that you have that you give out 
like a channel. And I keep this in my top pocket instead of a I just checked out tonight and said there's anything on it. Yeah, so if you want <laughs> any... I think, I think there's, a, there's a business card coming yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pass it back. <laughs> and that's how we do it. <laughs> you, I missed a trick. <laughs> Since we had our Zoom conversation, I actually got business cards printed out. <laughs> so that's, that's Kerry's good idea. <laughs> The definition of a podcast is that we decide to call it a podcast and we put it out in podcast players. But as you say, all, all radio stations now, if, if you, they all chop up their radio shows and put them out in podcast form as well. So it depends. There's YouTube channels that they put their stuff out on YouTube or on podcasts as well. So yeah. it's a very loose definition and it depends on how you approach it, I suppose. It just, it just, came, it just came from back in the day. It just came from the fact that you listen to it on your iPod. And people were putting it out, and it was iTunes things like that. That's where that 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 first thing I said, where you're trying to upload the things. The only place you could access to it that anyone would have anything is if you were buying music on iTunes and you listen to that on your iPod. So someone randomly, I think it was a guy that worked for the Guardian at the time, yeah, ben said podcast. So that's why it became a podcast, and the name, the name just stuck when you're bending over and telling people in pubs, yeah, I make a podcast. People are like, well, I don't know what that is, like, you know. <laughs> So that's, that's, I think anything that's delivered after the fact now, I think it's anything, anything that's not live, anything that's, you know, I think podcasting can change to be whatever it can be, the part, whatever the person's making it to be, that it can, it can, it can, it can, it can change, you know, and that, that's both the good and the bad of podcasting is that it can be whatever the person wants it to be, I think. The money a little bit. <laughs> 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 Sorry, the monetizing is it only through sponsorship or is it like YouTube where if you get enough followers, you, you automatically make money from the ads that they put on the bit? You can do that on Spotify, but I think you need like 10,000 streams to make like three cents or something like that. It is super competitive. Yeah, three cents for 10,000 Something like that. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, mu musicians are teased t-shirt salesman mm. you know like you're not making a lot of money on um streaming services most of the time so a lot of podcasters tend to have a patreon where they have behind the scenes content or bonus episodes a lot of podcasts that i listen to will do two episodes a week one free on spotify or apple music or whatever then the other one behind a paywall so that's how a lot of people tend to make money it is, yeah it is always the it is kind of the 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 bonus if you're on if you're on something like and this is the kind of the, the tricky situation where we're at at the moment, is that even maybe, even if it's even changed from the last few years, where a few years ago, if you were, if you were a name podcaster, that you could get some advertising on it now. But now what you've the likes of, and look, they're great, and they're run by lovely, lovely people as well, but go, go I have to say that because we record, go loud, things like that, podcast networks like that. You know, they're, they're run by Bauer Media, who own Today FM, and 
use talk catholicism so if you want to advertise your product you're going to go to one of their podcasts because they can advertise it on radio and things like that you know so it is tricky for independent podcasts to get it's really tricky for independent podcasters to get um, sponsorship if you're lucky enough to be on something like Acast they will only take on kind of shows that they might put an ad on it and even then I the most successful I won't say their name the most successful podcaster who I know who made a few quid from their show, like insane numbers, got a bit of, you know, the bought a Hoover. Like, that was what they were just. Was like, it a really nice Hoover? That was a really good Hoover. It was a Dyson one, those nice ones. You know? <laughs> but like, it's like, so I was like, geez, he must be Kane then. It was like, bought a Dyson. And I was like, how are those floors now though? Like, you know? So it's, it, look, the thing about it is, and I know it's the grimmest thing, and I, I do. I do a bit of lecture now and again on, on podcast stuff, and it is always the kind of the, the elephant in the room. You come out and you kind of go, I don't know what to tell you. Like, kind of, you know, it is tricky. It is, it is tricky, but but hope springs eternal, and it's the other things around it that you, you can you can try, and maybe it gets the name out, maybe it gets some of this, or maybe it is, maybe it's the Patreon, or maybe it's, like I said, the things coming like Outcast and stuff like that. And you don't, it all doesn't always have to be money either. You get plenty of freebies. You know, you might get a free book, you might get a free ticket to a gig, you might get a free ticket to a festival, that kind of thing. So you have to think outside the ball or outside the box sometimes. So what drives you to do it if you've got family and things? Well, I work full time, so I'm not giving up my day job anytime soon to do it. But um, I had my daughter when I was 22 and I was in film school. Um, so that kind of put that to pay to sort of for a while. So this is great for um, just using my creative energy. Mm-hmm. And so and it just makes me happy. And I make, get to make friends out of it. You know what I mean? Sure. So sure. at the end of the day, if you... Yeah, yeah, so if, if, if at the end of the day you're enjoying the experience, yes. why wouldn't you? Know? Yes. And, 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 and plus is that, like I said, one, one thing making a podcast does is that it... It's a, it's, a, it's a skill if you are comfortable in an uncomfortable situation. And if you can, turn, if you can make yourself comfortable in any uncomfortable situation, that's a, that's a, that's a skill you can, you can use again and again. So if you're chatting into a mic for an hour a week or whatever, that's something you can, that's, that is 100% worth having it because you, be, it's, you become comfortable in uncomfortable situations and that's, that's worth waiting in gold as well. So. Any other last questions? No, you were saying like probably everybody when you started out, you were saying, you know, like, oh, you only had one viewer, you had like five listeners, whatever. What inspired you to keep going and not stop? The numbers went up. I think having people I know reach out and say I listen to it oh my god uh, like that's really nice even if it's you know five people and you know three of them it's still five people like that's really nice um coming home hearing one of my housemates listen to it and going oh god that's my voice like that kind of thing it's just nice when you get the feedback that people are enjoying it um and the fact that Rab and I do it together we kind of keep each other you know accountable for it as well like it's a fun thing we're doing together we would be chatting about weird stuff anyway so (laughs) we might as well record it (laughs) yeah I think it's just fun like the 
fun aspect of it. Like, it's the same reason, you know, I have like 20 different hobbies. I paint, I do this, I do that, I do that. Because, you know, it's, you have to fill your time some way, so why not just do this? Okay, any last thoughts from our panelists? Thank you all for coming. No. Yeah. Thank you very much. So, can we get a big round of applause? <laughs>